0: But I have not met anyone who pre-ordered a Cybertruck or heard of really anyone online who is going to use it as a utility vehicle for, I'm going to use this for day-to-day travel, I'm going to use this for whatever. It's more of either, I don't know, the meme or just like, I love Tesla and I want to like be in the ecosystem of having you know Tesla vehicles in my house. Mm-hmm. But I think for the first time with the Ford F-150, we're starting to get into electric vehicles that have more of a utility than just, oh, it's great on a long road trip, I jumped to a supercharger. Oh, great, I have like, you know, this... Uh, summon mode that can really go to me with a tesla you know with like a car but now it's all of a sudden you know we're getting into features of the f-150 like having a ton of outlets you know it can power your freaking house if there's mm-hmm. like a power outage and you know the center console i saw like folds into like a table like yeah. it, there's utility in that mm-hmm. ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on well now you have welcome to unprompted the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode, from technology to society to history, life, and more. Each episode features a unique topic, and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's unprompted conversation.
1: Hello, Luke. We're back. We're back. And together this time. That's true. We are in the old farmhouse, which is good. <laughs> Haven't moved out to Seattle quite yet. So we were just chilling at Jared's residence. Yes, in the hottest room of the house. <laughs> we're probably sitting at like 80 degrees right now. And yeah, this going is going
0: up. Kind of tough. We had to turn the fan off because of the, the background noise. But, you know, we want to make it the best audio experience for our listeners, for our billions of listeners out there. So we, we, we do what we got to do. Y-
1: we spend countless hours, hundreds of dollars. Providing the best audio experience by using a fifty-dollar microphone and running all of our audio through an automatic leveling program. <laughs> don't forget so, our soundproofing system of in our, pillows yes, on all, our desk. We are we make any major podcasting studio look very jank. Uh, so
0: got to start somewhere. They always say with YouTube that you don't you shouldn't let equipment hold you back. You sh- you can just start your first couple videos with iPhones. I can see us in three years. We have this massive recording studio. We got this huge label. It's, it's coming. We
1: just, baby steps. Baby yeah, steps. I don't see a need though. We haven't no. gotten any feedback about that audio quality yet. That's true. We haven't gotten any feedback at all. <laughs> well, you don't need, to, <laughs> don't need to say that. But uh, I think today uh, Luke is bringing the topic. I do. I do have the topic. And this is
0: slightly cheating because it's not as unprompted as usual because we have texted about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. we still haven't discussed it in depth and it is uh we'll just jump to the topic you want to just go right to it i already know what it is (laughs) it is the ford f-150 lightning yes and i basically want to come out with a hot take and just discuss it from there okay first off love the car as a matter of fact it could perhaps be my favorite electric car on the market right now really and i'm a huge tesla guy big tesla shill. i've won a model three since it's come out but the ford f-150 lightning The features, the range, incredible, incredible. However, my hot take is that it will never be the same best-selling vehicle like the traditional Ford F-150. The F-150 has been, you know, best-selling car for the last forty years. My opinion that I want to just, like, hear your gut reaction on is that the Ford F-150 Lightning will never be the best-selling vehicle in the United States. Do you think that's true or false?
1: I think that question is invalid because... Mm. I think that the Ford F1 so the Ford F150 has been the best selling vehicle of the last 40 years. But that's the Ford F150 line. Mm. Right? So that means the Ford F150 two door extended c- bed, the Ford F150 crew cab, uh, Ford F150 hybrid, Ford F150 um, you know, 3 cylinder sil- 3 liter engine, Ford F150 all these trims mm. together. Have been the best selling vehicle and so i think i see the ford f-150 lightning differently as the start of the replacement of the ford f-150 line so right now i think it's just another f-150 and i think that over time all f-150s will be electric or hybrid Mm -hmm. and together they'll still be the best selling that makes sense that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But I think I might know what you're trying to say. Because so what I'll I'm do-
0: getting at is this idea of, like, when I think of these Ford F-150s, I don't... So, for example, my dad all mm-hmm. of a sudden thinks he's a truck guy. He wants he wants <laughs> a truck. Like, he's not, like, he doesn't do any side... Like, he, nothing at home, no woodworking. There's really nothing to haul. I don't know. He's, like, 50, maybe. It's just, like, a thing when you're 50, you want a truck. Yeah. But for no use... Like, your parents, you know, live on a farm, and so you could mm-hmm. probably use a truck. My dad doesn't. So the trucks he's looking at is, you know, the Honda Ridgeline. Yeah, sure. And like the Chevy Colorados, not like the Silverados F-150s. However, I could see him maybe considering an F-150, Lightning. But when I think about the people who truly buy F-150s for fleet vehicles, you're a contractor, Mm -hmm. you're an electrician, you're hauling stuff every day, I could... How do you see that adoption working? I personally don't think the adoption is going to be great. Because I think there's going to be these those people who are just like hardcore users, fill up their gas tank multiple times a week, mm-hmm. like look at the range and say, ah, like I can't make that happen. Or just like I've used gas forever. Mm-hmm. Granted, I mean, that's just how adoption of electronic vehicles or e-vehicles are going to work forever. Mm-hmm. But like for this particular sector of like, I feel like a majority of people who buy F-150s are like truck people. Like they mm-hmm. like are on construction sites. They need the power. They need the Thousands of pounds of cargo. They need to pull stuff. They need to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And seeing three hundred miles of range might make them uh, question, or just like, hey, like that's way too soon. Like if I'm, you know, if I drive to twelve construction sites a day, how the heck am I going get off three hundred miles of range? Yeah. So adoption makes me concerned. That again, I I don't know. What
1: do you what, like? Is this is this like an over concern? I think that well, one. I wish my brother in law was here because he is. He works in construction, building houses, mm. and so that'd be a good. Uh, Good, good guy to talk to, but I think that I would disagree with the statement that most people who buy F-150s are truck people.
0: Mm.
1: I, I think it was on uh, Our Ludicrous Future, which is a podcast I listened to uh, by, and Ben Sullins is he's a YouTuber who talks a lot about electric vehicles, and he brought up the statistic, I forget where it's from, but that most people who own trucks don't haul things, almost right. ever. They have trucks like your dad to have a truck, essentially. It's kind of like, the, the like you know, someday I might need to haul something. Ah. And so a lot of people buy trucks either because they think they're cool. They're truck people, quotes, quotes on that. Whereas I think a smaller portion of the F-150 sales are the actual contractors and whatnot. I think that if you look at what truck is only bought by truck people it's probably like, you know, F250, mm. F350. I think my, my brother-in-law actually has a F, or like a GMC 250 equivalent mm-hmm. vehicle, which are bigger and beef, beefier and but I think that the F150 Lightning is going to be adopted by so many normal people mm. who would say I think a truck would be cool and useful one day every 10 years but i hate that they get 10 miles per gallon or something Mm -hmm. and so the f-150 lightning would be a good way to move into that but also i could see contractors possibly really liking it because you know if you think if you're if you're a construction company most of the time you don't necessarily have you know Sites all over the place that you're going to be going to every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you're, you know, most people on the construction team are probably going to go to a construction site and work there all day long. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to be relatively local. I would doubt that there's many construction companies in Lincoln that do projects in Holdridge or something. I, I know that my brother-in-law, he builds houses almost exclusively around Humphrey, Nebraska, which That's is a small town. Yeah. So he doesn't, it's not like he goes all the way to Omaha and stuff. Because there's, I guess, en- enough business in Humphrey and people build crazy houses in Humphrey. It seems like they're always building <laughs> these big houses. But um, I'm not sh- 100% sure on this, but I believe from my experience that construction companies are pretty local. Mm-hmm. So I could see them seeing, you know, we can get this F-150 at the discounted price mm-hmm. because there's a discount or it and a commercial fleet trim that Ford put out that's cheaper, Um and they can go to the the job site, they can run their tools off the truck, they can um, use a lot less energy, there's a lot less maintenance costs, Mm -hmm. and so I think that there's this, this, it's an opportunity for companies that don't have 500 miles filling up the gas tank all the time, which I think you see are typically the foremen or the managers of the construction crews that might go around to different construction sites. Mm -hmm. Probably won't work for them, but I also think that those individuals likely aren't hauling much in their truck either. True, They're true. probably just going around and have the truck, because they probably use it more than a normal person, but... You need the train. You, you need, need the train. Ter- yeah, you need you need the ability to go places, which this would give. Um, but they, they might need still gas trucks or hybrid trucks uh, to get that range and go every every day. But I think a lot of construction people or even... Uh, for me or for for my family like a, a farm vehicle you charge it every night it's hundred mi- 300 miles every day there's not many times you go further than that mm-hmm. there are time there are days but not many um and so I think that that I don't know I don't know if I completely agree with you but I, I kind of understand what you're saying I don't know if mm-hmm. what I said changed your opinion. no I like it and and and
0: definitely it is slowly changing my opinion in a good way because yeah, I mean, I wouldn't imagine, you know, maybe people would buy a Tesla Model X for their family and mm-hmm. long road trips and whatever. And so having, you know, a really d- deep charging network and the ability for the car to route you to the right ones and taking mm-hmm. consideration. Granted, the F one hundred and fifty Lightning does that too, but it's like for the use case that we just talked about, you know, for those people who are like contractors who need that and. For context, my dad is uh, an engineer, and so he does go to construction sites. So that's kind of why he wants a bigger vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's more tongue-in-cheek that he doesn't actually need it. But he's never going to haul anything. The most he would ever haul is you know mowing our grass at home and putting grass <laughs> in the back of the pickup. And yeah. so, that, sure, it's a great use case. But you're right. The people that will do it probably use it, A, locally, and, B, won't haul stuff. So you're not going to take your F-150 Lightning for a road trip to you know Minnesota from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might. But, like, yeah. the use case is more local. It's more you know, city driving is more what people typically use trucks for, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, for terrains for if you're a contractor and you put stuff in the back or you're a farmer or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, and, and, you know, and I think that's also one thing is maybe I discredit the, you know, the farmers of the world and those kind of stuff because some of the most high tech is on a farm. I mean, you know, some of the tractors are just so ridiculously high tech. And so it's like, you know, maybe the adoption is faster than I think. Like, has your family thought about, like, electric trucks like is that mm-hmm. something that, that you've talked about or is it like
1: we're diesel for life yeah so i guess i'll i'll throw a thorn in your thought please by saying uh, i have talked i talked to my brother and my dad about electric vehicles all the time because they're both very interested in them and both of them they essential their viewpoint is they would not buy this mm. for a um farm truck because I don't know of anyone, it's not true that no one would, but who would buy a new truck for a farm truck? Mm. My brother, Vincent, um, he has two trucks. He has a farm truck, which is an old, like, (laughs) small Dodge truck that he spent more money fixing than he bought it for. Mm. And then he has a nice truck, which is like his nice vehicle that he doesn't use for farming unless he really has to or something. Mm -hmm. And that's the one he takes on road trips, drives to town. It's like, and he doesn't really haul stuff in it unless he's bought furniture or something. So my, uh, my family, I guess my dad and my brother, uh, who are most connected to the farm, have an interest in electric trucks or electric vehicles in the sense of them being the nice truck. They wouldn't buy them right now, not because they're electric and they love diesel so much or love gas, but because... They're expensive, mm. so I think that you know if they could get in in ten years, when you can buy a twenty twenty two electric F one fifty Lightning for five to ten thousand dollars or something, then you might see them all over the farms. Mm-hmm. But I think that very few people would want to buy them as a farm truck new because of the amount of abuse especially in our farm where we're raising chickens and you know livestock and stuff you don't want to be stepping out of you know shit and tracking shit into your fifty thousand dollar truck you know (laughs) that's just that seems crazy Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of that but they are interested in in like a from a luxury standpoint Mm -hmm. like i mentioned my brother has a good truck true and that could be the truck that Um, this could replace. But I don't think it necessarily replaces the work truck. At least on a farm. At least on a farm.
0: That is so fascinating. I guess I've never thought of it that way. About just like, yeah, I mean, you think of like these farmers buying this, you know, top end Dodge Ram, Laramie edition, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't dare bring that into the toughest
1: terrain and whatever you don't want to scuff it up. I mean, it's like someone from the city buying a uh, Mercedes S-Class. Yeah. They probably also have a Civic or something they else drive that they drive, to work, they drive then... to work. And then they when they need to go and impress someone, they drive the mm-hmm. other thing. And I think farmers are a similar way or people from the country and in a lot of places in the city are a similar way where they have a luxury truck a mm-hmm. lot of times. And then they have a work truck that they drive to work. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's interesting. And so the next part of this conversation that I really want to talk about is Cybertruck <laughs> versus Rivian versus this. Mm-hmm. They all obviously serve different niches. But I really wanted to dive into the type of person that would own a truck.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know if I think... I'm trying to figure out, would the same type of person who pre-ordered a Cybertruck be interested in buying an F-150? Because the few people I know that pre-ordered the Cybertruck either already have a Tesla and they are just like think it's sweet and they love Elon, they love Tesla and whatever... (laughs) But I have not met anyone who pre-ordered a Cybertruck or heard of really anyone online who is going to use it as a utility vehicle for, I'm going to use this for day-to-day travel, I'm going to use this for whatever. It's more of either, I don't know, the meme or just like, I love Tesla and I want to like be in the ecosystem of having, you know, Tesla vehicles in my house. Mm -hmm. But I think for the first time with the Ford F-150, we're starting to get into electric vehicles that have more of a utility than just, oh, it's great on a long road trip, I jumped to a supercharger. Oh, great, I have like, you know, this... Uh, summon mode that can really go to me with a Tesla, you know, with the car. But now it's all of a sudden, you know, we're getting into features of the F-150, like having a ton of outlets, you know, it can power your freaking house if there's Mm -hmm. like a power outage. And, you know, the center console I saw like folds into like a table, like if there's utility in that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a bunch about Rivian if it has the same level of utility, but I'm just like trying to diagnose, like, is this going to be a Cybertruck killer? Like, I mean, it was obviously inevitable and Mm -hmm. Elon went towards the crazy design for, you know, his and Tesla <laughs> reasons. But like, do you think that now, I mean, it was kind of the first major truck to quote unquote hit the market other than obviously Rivian has been around for a while. But mm-hmm. like, do you think these more like utility type trucks, because the people who typically buy trucks buy them for a utility versus purely for aesthetic and driving around town? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like, do you think that, that this is going to be, do you think that F one fifty lightning is going to be the best selling
1: electric truck? Yes. Because, I think, so, everyone I've talked to the Cybertruck about, and includes my, my brother and my dad, they think it's so ugly. Mm. And they think, you know, a sure, shirt has a lot of features, but they wouldn't be seen driving it. Yeah, truck people aren't going to drive cyber trucks. Truck Traditional truck people don't like the way it looks. Now, that doesn't mean that once it's released and it's on the roads and people see it, that that changes. You know, because the Tesla, Teslas actually have significant design differences than normal cars. And they're not Mm. as big as a Cybertruck difference. (laughs) But there are differences that initially people are like, oh, there's no grill. That's weird. And there's certain design elements that are kind of strange that become normal over time. And so I think the Cybertruck is just too Elon Mm. to appeal to middle America, the, uh, the Midwest kind of rural areas or farm areas the Rivian and the F-150 are closer but the Rivian is a much more luxury vehicle mm-hmm. you know it's more expensive it starts at $70,000 it is very focused on the adventure lifestyle the I'm going to go hiking and camping and so there's so much utility in the Rivian um, things like there's a gear tunnel Um, storage space. Mm. So kind of between the back seat and the back wheel, there's kind of always this empty space in a truck where normally the the drive shaft might be going past or various things for the engine. But Rivian put a giant storage space there that we're able to store skis or something like that. Mm. That also has utility for other things. But there's a lot of utility there that's kind of based around this adventure lifestyle where the F-150 has a lot of utility that's based around getting work done. And that's because Ford, you know, Ford marketing says it all the time, you know, like we have experience and the truth is they do like they know what people want in the truck and they're they're, And especially in the last few years, they've improved significantly the user experience of their hardware, Mm -hmm. like um, things like step down tailgates where you're able to kind of, down a step from the tailgate to help get into it um different uh, like the table you mentioned uh in the center console and so i think that the f-150 is going to have it's the best bringing together of technology and traditional truck features that will appeal to the widest audience mm-hmm. and have the best chance of capturing traditional truck buyers because it's ford and they'll be you know chevy people are never going to buy it mm-hmm. that's fine But there's a significant Ford audience that will say, you know, I wouldn't have considered an electric truck, but this Ford one looks pretty good. And I think that that will be a big big impact. The Cybertruck is just, I think it's for Tesla people. And in honesty, I would hope that they change the looks somewhat Mm -hmm. because, I mean, what they presented, God, three years ago now? I mean, it it looks like a, it's a military vehicle. Mm-hmm. I, w- I I think it looks like a great military vehicle. I don't think it looks like a luxury truck that someone's going to want to either a use for work or b drive around as their luxury truck that they take to town. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't it doesn't have that same awe. I guess to me at least, I know people feel differently, but
0: yeah, and I mean, like when you see like a. I don't know, like a Maserati on the street, You're like ooh, that's cool. But like when you see a Cybertruck on the street, I don't know, like you know, and people buy those fancy cars kind of for the reason of like sweet car, bro. But like I, I don't know, sweet truck, bro, with the yeah. the Cybertruck.
1: It's kind of like you see those you see those trucks. Yeah, you know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, jacked up F three fifty, blowing smoke. Yeah, and it's like cool. Like the Cybertruck reminds me of that in the way that it's like, look at me, yeah. I have a discount military vehicle without a machine gun on top. <laughs> like it looks straight out of Halo. You know, mm-hmm. it's and so it's and I don't think that they nailed the practicality that people are looking for in a truck. Mm-hmm. You look at the minimalist interior. Well, contractors who are going to be buying new trucks and using them for work don't want a minimalist interior. They want features yep. that they're used to. The bed, you can't throw anything over the side of the bed to throw it in because there's uh, the the unibody design requires bed to come up very high to the roof line. Um, There's just so many things that are designed from a Tesla perspective Mm -hmm. that appeal to Tesla people and have utility, but not the same utility that traditional truck buyers might be looking for. Yeah. And I
0: think you made an interesting comment earlier about marketing. Like, I think one of the most brilliant things that the F-150 Lightning, that Ford did with that vehicle, is that they made it... They didn't make it look like the next generation of Mm -hmm. electric. Like, you know, you see... I think it might be... It's either Audi or it's Mercedes. I don't know. They were... One of those, like, luxury cars, brands, released a vehicle. That's, like, their first, like, electric vehicle of the fleet. And it just looks... Bad. like i mean they're trying to make it look futuristic and they have like a you know beautiful headlight and like it's like really silver wheels and like all this like crazy stuff but i feel like that harms adoption mm-hmm. because people are like i don't want to have this flashy thing candidly i think that's part of lucid's problem and this is a different conversation but like <laughs> lucid looks such like so futuristic and boxy and massive it's a huge car
1: mm-hmm. and you know
0: obviously there are people who are going to drive that you know same piece of that people that you know, drive Bentleys and stuff. I mean, they've just been Rolls Royces. They're big cars. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one of the smartest things that Ford did was they added a grill. The grill is literally just a piece of plastic. They don't need a grill. And instead, it's a huge frunk. And so you have all this functionality we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But really, the only, like, aesthetic things that they change, I mean, if you're, like, a couple hundred feet away and you had a regular Ford F-150 2021 and Mm this lightning, not a whole lot you can see differently other than, the you know, the headlights and the the taillights are, like, you know, full length yeah. of, of or full width. That's about it. I mean, yeah. and I think maybe the wheels and like the, the rims might look a little yeah But you wouldn't futuristic. probably know. Exactly. You would know that's why that, that's the case. Yeah, so. so it's like adoption. It's just like, when you make it look the same, I feel like those truck people, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just not, if, if it would have went crazy, if they would have went towards, you know, even the Rivian style, like the circle headlights, like <laughs> making it look like it's a futuristic vehicle or obviously yeah. the Cybertruck is way out there. But mm-hmm. I feel like the best thing they did for adoption is they made it look like an F-150.
1: Yeah, I think that that's... Ford is Ford is an interesting company, and I think they're going through kind of a revival. And you kind of see this with the Mustang Mach-E that recently mm-hmm. came out. It looked like a normal car, but was different enough to draw attention. Mm-hmm. And so, but not too much attention. It, it was, and I think the Rivian kind of does this too. I hated the Rivian headlights when I first saw them, and over the years, they've grown on me. I think that if you haven't seen a Rivian front end, so we're we're going to start putting links in our show notes. Yeah, we so should. that we so should. that you can see but so we'll have a link in there with with the Rivian headlights, but um they are so strange, but they're at the same time not that strange. Mm-hmm. You know, they they look weird, but after a little bit you just get used to them. So if you see one driving on the street, you'll be like, "Oh, what the hell is that?" But you're not going to be like "What? Why?" If like if you saw a Cybertruck, you'd mm-hmm. be like, "What what the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but and I think the F150 is Lightning is a stamped-down version of even, like, the the e It's kind of like that truck has... Headlights are a little different. Like, that's a little cool, but it looks like an F-150. It must just be the new F-150. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't make people ask too many questions. And I think that's important for truck people. Because there is a lot of pe- members of the truck people community who aren't haven't come around to, like, EVs yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so making it pretty much exactly the same as a normal truck is a big as a big deal and i i i agree ford is doing an incredible job with the f-150 lightning but also they did a great job with the Mach-E. there's a reason mm-hmm. the maquis now is like the second best-selling ford is like the second best-selling electric brand essentially uh in america mm-hmm. is because that f1 or the, the mustang Mach-E is marketed and designed very well so. yeah
0: yeah, and I like how they're pulling, you know, I mean, I think if I remember correctly, it's like basically the same screen, it's the same experience yeah. um, for the most part. Obviously, F-150 has more truck utility, but for the most part, you know, I mean, like the, the center console, or the, the yeah, the, the center main screen is like the exact same experience, the exact same mm-hmm. Ford OS or whatever they call it yeah. as a mach mm-hmm.
1: And I think that one thing that's interesting is that you can, you can see the difference between Ford and other companies and how they focus on utility. And I, and I I like Ford. I don't love Ford. I don't want to be like Ford <laughs> show. I don't know if those things exist. Yes. <laughs> they quoted their range at 300 miles for their extended range. What, 250 for their standard range? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were aware of this, but they did their battery testing with a 1,000 pounds of cargo. Mm-hmm. Which means that they handicapped themselves pretty significantly. Um, anytime you add weight to you know, even if it's a gas engine or an electric motor car, you reduce your range significantly. And so when MKBHD, a a popular tech YouTuber, got in his first look, the car was quoting him like 430 miles of range. Wow. And that doesn't mean that it would get it. You know, that was pre-production software. Of course, you know, we'd like to say like the F-150 Lightning doesn't ship until next January, I think. So Mm. um, there's still time for them to change things. But that's significant mm-hmm. if that means that if you're not hauling 1,000 mm-hmm. pounds, maybe you get 350, 400 miles of range, and that's a significantly more compelling vehicle. Yeah, that's like competitive truck or not. Like it's Yeah, that's competitive been... with the best Teslas, yeah. which is very impressive. Even if that if that 250-mile range is able to bump up to almost 300 with uh, without that 1,000 pounds of weight, if that's the case, I mean, that puts it on par with the best Teslas mm-hmm. at a price that's competitive with the best Teslas. And so... And arguably, way more utility. And ar- Yes, definitely way more utility. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that, that that makes the... That's kind of another case of Ford. Usually, you quote the best number you can get. And it's, all, it's worse than that. Mm-hmm. Tesla is terrible at this. Yeah, They say, <laughs> our car will do... I recently just watched a video... Um, from Engineering Explained, great YouTube channel if you're interested in Teslas and engineering. But Tesla quotes their new Model S Plaid refresh as 1.99 uh, seconds zero to sixty, excluding the first foot of roll, uh. <laughs> which is like something that a lot of um, drag strips actually do when they measure that zero to sixty. But they don't; they hide it in an asterisk. Mm-hmm. That's way down there. That's hard to see. And so it's in this, they do similar things with their range. You know, in this perfect condition, this is what it is. And so Ford is doing the opposite. They're saying, in a state of a lot of utility, our truck gets 300 miles of range. Mm-hmm. In a state where you're not using anything, you'll be happily surprised by yeah. how much range you get. I think that's really smart when you're trying to convert people to electric vehicles, that they're impressed rather than disappointed. Mm-hmm. because I think that if you buy an electric vehicle and it says 300 miles of range, then you drive and you get 250 because of the conditions and stuff. Then you have to look up, why is my car getting 250? And it's like, oh, well, if it's hot outside your battery, or cold outside your battery, works less. If you're driving up hills, it's it's complicated. And so by putting that 1,000 pounds in, Ford kind of said, you should expect this much, even if you're going up hills, even if the ba- the weather's cold, because that kind of buffers it. I think that's just mm-hmm. very clever, and I'm glad they did that.
0: Yeah, super clever. And I think, you know, one of the things that it made, made me think during this, this, this last conversation is just, like, I think it is awesome that there is now a pretty viable competitor to Tesla. I mean, Tesla is really the only real, like, you know, mature Mature, very lightly, but mature <laughs> like electric vehicle on the road right now. I mean, you have Volkswagen. I think has released, and they have a couple of their like
1: yeah, I, the ID three, ID four. Yeah, and yep. those are on the
0: road. And like you know, obviously a lot of these cars like Audis or there's a couple. I mean, during the Super Bowl, somebody like had this huge ad about you know, oh, this is the car of the future, but it was just like a complete mock up, and it mm-hmm. just like wasn't at all. It was just marketing, anyway. But I feel like now there's finally a competitor in the EV space. And I'm really excited to see what Tesla's going to do because at this point, you know, they've, you know, going to 1.99 from 2.1, awesome. Adding another video game when, while you're charging, great. You know, adding dog mode, very mm-hmm. cool. But, like, I don't know. It's more novelty than utility. Being able to change the sound of your honk, very sweet. Like, that's <laughs> hilarious. You do it once, but that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, hey this, this F-150 charges your house. Yeah. Hey, there's like a USB-C and like 12 like outlets in the car. Hey, we have this huge trunk with like a, you know, drip container at the bottom so mm-hmm. you can put ice in there and it's like weather concealed. You know, there's like final utility out of the car. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be curious to see like, you know, and obviously this is not Ford's, this is second Ford's second main EV, but yeah. this is not their last. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be really interested to see You know, does Tesla really dig into this luxury aspect? They dig into that, or do they start to make cars that have more utility? Do they start to, you know, in their minimalist way, start Mm -hmm. to add things that actually make it to where, like, oh, this could be a day-to-day car versus, like, oh, this is my luxury vehicle that Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy this instead of the, you know, electric Audi. will ever get to the point to where mm, Tesla or the, you know, base model Ford, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that's, like... Like, I don't even know of it. Like the a Ford Escape. Yeah, exactly. A Ford Escape that's electric. Like, yeah. you know, will it ever become, I mean, I don't know if the Model Y is ever going to be a family vehicle, but are they ever going to Make have a an update or a better refresh? Model X that isn't a $100,000. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I, I think it's really healthy because I think it's going to finally push them. And we're going to see this in the next couple of years. Are they going to drill deeper into the battery technology and just being more luxurious? Or mm-hmm. are they going to drill into, they would to be the most popular car brand in America yeah. and in
1: the world? And I think they do want to be the most popular car brand, but, you know, you, you know, Ford... Here's here's a question I want to pose to you based on what you just said. Do you think Ford is going to be Tesla's competitor in America? Do you believe that right now? You know,
0: from... I, if you would have asked me this a year ago, I would have been convinced that the next wave of car brands was gonna take over the legacy brands. I was a year ago, we've even had conversations about this mm-hmm. before we started airing. Like, you know, I personally thought the next wave was gonna be Tesla, Lucid, Rivian, name a car brand, mm-hmm. right? But based on this last year, I think all the car brands realized like we have to embrace this. And I mean, granted obviously, you know, having all of these, you know, carbon uh, you know, incentives and trying to be carbon neutral by twenty thirty and what What is it? I, maybe it's GM. They're going to have like 50 cars that are EV by 2030 or something. Probably. Yeah. Some, you know, a year ago, that wasn't the case. A year ago, it was just like, they looked like they were just still like just, you know, having their hands tied. They weren't doing anything. But now that I think, you know, Volkswagen embracing it the way they are, these big companies embracing it the way they are, I'm kind of convinced that the, the big the big boys are going to be competitors to the Rivians and the Tesla, whereas a year ago, I thought it was going to be you know, a new age of car brands that we're going to take over. But I don't know. I'm pretty convinced that I am still convinced that whoever wins the battery battle and the charging battle is going to win. Mm -hmm. But I'm little, I'm way more convinced now that the GMs of the world and, you know, the Jeep Chrysler, Dodge Ram groups of the world, those are going to
1: be the ones that might. So do you think, I guess like specifically, you know, Ford has been doing well in this initial stage. And I think that they're, everyone's trying to compete with Tesla. Mm. Tesla's greatest asset, in my opinion, isn't their battery technology. It isn't their um, even their driver driving self driving technology or build quality, which is poor. <laughs> uh, it's their brand. Mm. It's their cool factor. The fact that even though <clears throat> I know that an electric Escape, Ford Escape, might have more utility possibly, or an F-150 when it comes out, <clears throat> than a Model Y. I still want to buy the Model Y. Mm. It's a similar thing. I think that it's a, Tesla has formulated a similar image to Apple where sure. even though, you know, you were talking, before we started this episode, we were talking about Google Home and setting up smart homes. And even though an Android phone Actually, Luke was just looking at my phone and remarking. I just bought got it the S21, a new phone. He was remarking how beautiful the screen is, how much he loves it. And maybe that would give Luke a lot of utility or some other part of the phone, an Android phone. There's a lot of different Android phones that give different amounts of great utility, but they're not Apple phones. They're not iPhones. And I think Tesla has a similar advantage there where you say, yeah, you know, an electric Ford is, is, is nice and good but it's not a Tesla. Mm. And no matter how hard they try, it's hard to be a Tesla because a Tesla, what is a Tesla? Mm -hmm. It's it's an idea. It's an ideal. It's not a car. Mm -hmm. It's Elon Musk's thought child. That's what you're buying. You're Mm -hmm. not buying a car. And so the question, I guess, on whether these companies can compete is kind of, do you think Ford can be cool? So I totally
0: agree with you. And this, it's a really good anecdote for the iPhone, right? Is like, I mean, Apple, and we we have certainly talked about this, Apple's notorious for underbuilding their hardware because they can.
1: Yeah. They don't have
0: 120 hertz refresh because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're, the way that their hardware and software blend together, they don't need the most RAM. They don't need the fastest processor in the world because mm-hmm. it just works in the way that it, you know. But I think with cars... I, I, I agree with you. I think a Tesla's cool. But as a 28-year-old, when I have a kid mm-hmm. and a mortgage on my house, of course I'm going to want a Tesla, or 20 years ago, of course I'm going to want a Audi or an Acura or mm-hmm. whatever. But since I have a lot going on, I have my mortgage, my kid, I'm just going to settle for the next best thing, which is going to be that Ford Escape yeah. or that you know Chevy Malibu. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be kind of the same thing where, again, is Tesla going to dive into the luxury area, which I think they're going to, because you're right, the brand they have, the fun factor, it's like the dream car, like, everyone mm-hmm. just, I, you know, when I grow up and I make it big, I'm going to buy a Tesla Model S, like, that's like, a, you know, I'm going to buy the Plaid, mm-hmm. but it's going to get to a point, I think, where I need a new car, and inevitably, the new car is, there's going to be no gas options, someday it's going to be all electric, right, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the same thing, those starter cars, those first or second cars that you get, I mean, obviously, when you re- like the retire, like, the dream car is going to be your Mercedes and your whatever, in 20 years, it might be your Tesla and your Lucid. But then where's that car that's like the everyday actual car? And that's where I argue that the Volkswagen and the Ford, they're not mm-hmm. sexy, but they do the job. And they're in the price range. And they have a lot of utility for my family and for going around, you know, driving to the office every day. And so mm-hmm. I don't i don't think Ford is sexy. I don't think it's as fun of a brand. But i it's the same thing between Ford and Audi. If I was given a, you know, I don't even know, like a Porsche... You know, an actual like mm-hmm. Porsche SUV or uh, Ford Escape. Obviously, I'm gonna go with the Porsche, yeah. but Porsche is also five times more expensive. Yeah. And so, is it gonna be the same thing with Tesla, where it's just like, are they gonna keep drilling into the Model Three, and it's gonna become an affordable thing, or are they gonna really drill into this luxury, you know, lifestyle, the brand, mm-hmm. um, which it seems like it's gonna be the
1: latter. See, I I disagree. I want to hear it. I think that I see your take that they're gonna go into the the luxury aspect more, but I think that if you look at where Tesla's focus has been over the past four years, it has been almost exclusively on the low end mm-hmm. or the mid range. I guess you have to call it the mid range because um, the Model Y, Model Three, and so the cheapest Model Three you ever could buy was thirty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That didn't last; it wasn't profitable enough. So right now, the cheapest you can buy is around forty thousand, and everything's complicated by the you know the shortage of everything that's going on <laughs> in the world economy right now. But the cheapest Tesla is $40,000. I would say the average low price Tesla is $50,000, $55,000. Mm-hmm. That's expensive. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But the average new car in the United States is, I believe, a little over $40,000. Mm. The average price of a new car. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you say, wait, people are buying expensive vehicles. The difference is, when you buy your starter car, your cheap car, you're not buying it new. True. My dad has never bought a new car. I'm not sure about your family. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people don't buy new cars. Because in all reality, it's a stupid financial decision. Mm -hmm. At least, I don't know about Luke, I wouldn't recommend it. This is not financial (laughs) advice. But, um, so I think that Tesla is going to continue striving for a lower tier model. That's why there's a rumored model two that test that has been revealed in all but specs in showcase by Tesla. They literally, mm-hmm. at their battery day, had it on screen covered by a sheet. I as did their not know that as their like twenty thousand dollar car. Did not know that. And so they're working towards this low end or they're trying to. And they're working towards the high end. they I don't know if you watched the Battery Day. hmm So Tesla Battery Day was where they described the future of Tesla battery technology. Mm -hmm. And they're segmenting their battery technology into kind of three parts. They have kind of their technology that's right now that's going to continue to improve slightly. And that's for the low end. That's for you want a car that goes 300 miles of range. That's good enough for most people. We have these batteries. Mm -hmm. Then they have this. Um, or actually, that's, that's the kind of low mid-end. They have a lower end that's kind of for battery storage and whatnot. And then they have the high end, the brand new battery technologies that they're testing that provide super fast charging, that provide incredible power to density ratios, but are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Those are for the Model S's. Those are for the Roadsters and the Tesla Semi's that require that are going to go you know, 600, 700 miles of range sub-30 minute charging times for that amount of s- speed. And so they're trying to segment themselves in a similar way that Apple does, mm-hmm. where they have their iPhone SE that uses inferior parts but gets the job done and the luxury cars. Mm. And so I think that Tesla's going to continue down this road. And the reason not many people can afford Teslas, in my opinion, is because there aren't many used Teslas. Fair. And so once there's a significant used population of Teslas, it'll be much more accessible to people. Mm -hmm. The problem with it is used Teslas are difficult to convince yourself to buy. Because if you look at a 2015 Model S, like P85D or whatever, that was the top of the line. Cost you about 30 some thousand dollars, I think. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a good deal, right? 260 miles of range (laughs) doesn't have self-driving you know older infotainment and so you're looking at every with electric vehicles every five years they're so much better than the ones five years ago Mm -hmm. that it might be difficult for that used market to really develop Mm. because you're always going to say oh do i want to get the new model three with you know 500 miles of range or do i buy a Five-year-old one that has 300 miles of range and 15% battery degradation. So I'll probably actually get 270. That's a tough sell Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, I think. And so I don't know. Maybe that will change. Maybe everything will standardize in the next 10 years, and you know there won't be won't constantly be getting better. But I think that's a significant barrier um, for Teslas. But I do think they're going to keep reaching towards the, the low end, mid mid range. I've never
0: thought about the implications on the used market.
1: Before, because you're right. Like,
0: if you buy a 2002 clunker, I mean, it's gonna work. You're not gonna get mm-hmm. great gas mileage, but you're not losing anything. Mm-hmm. If you buy a even a 20s, yeah, 16, yeah. anything. I mean, granted, we're at this point of like the technology curve where like think like even three years from now we're gonna have a 500 plus mile range vehicle, no question. Mm-hmm. So maybe in 10 years it'll stabilize. I mean, obviously batteries always get bigger, better, faster, stronger, mm-hmm. but it might get to a point where you're right. Right now, there's just no way it's gonna take off. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point, like you said, thirty thousand dollars—the Model S. Well, I mean, yeah, Model S is more luxury, but for an extra five K, is get it more luxury model. than a
1: new Model Three yeah. when it doesn't have self-driving? It doesn't have the new operating systems. I mean, it might still be an updated, but it's slower. Mm-hmm. It's noticeably slower, noticeably less nice, and so, yeah, I think that it's it's a, it's a difficult thing. It's 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 kind of like when will we decide enough is enough? Like in phones, I think we decided there, was, there used to be the race to be thin Then we figured out it's not that necessary to be that thin. There was the race for bigger and bigger battery lives and then we settled on about a day. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that it might be a similar thing with cars where we settle on 300, 350 miles as good enough for most people. And then the used market will be compelling, but right now, no Tesla before 2017 is really compelling compared to the new options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incredible. I You know,
0: I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we talk about EVs. As a matter of fact, I have like four other topics I want to talk about based on EVs. <laughs> so they will. This will be back. This was a very healthy and fun conversation, as always. This was this was a super fun one to talk about.
1: Yeah, I love talking about EVs. I every chance I get, I love talking about Tesla. So I'm excited to hear any other topics. Um, but we're kind of running up on the end of the show um, in our very soft deadline. Yes. Uh, so I guess we should do our regularly recurring segment. <laughs> which, which is which pretty, is,
0: it's been pretty recurring actually recently. But we've
1: switched it two That's episodes true. ago. So <laughs> <laughs> at this point, though, it will become regularly recurring. So that you're regularly recurring. Yes, episode. irregularly recurring. Kind of like our shows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But so, Luke, give me a person, a time period. Historical civilization. Now he's looking at my bookshelf. I am. You know,
0: I Jared's a big book reader. Not only does he read books, he has on his... Like, I'll just read off a couple of these titles. This is incredible. A History of the Modern World is one of the books. I see one that's just titled Europe. Um, a su- AI superpowers. That's interesting. I uh, I want to hear... Hmm. Last time I asked about Caesar. So maybe let's do something a little bit newer. What's something that is a lesser known fact about like the um the monarchy at uh in the uk like what like what's like a lesser known fact about the royal the way that the parliament works or the way like in kind of like recent ish history like what's what's like an interesting fact about the government of how a monarchy works or just about britain
1: yes um i'm not an expert on the british monarchy but i enjoy it So I'm going to say a couple facts that I think might be, you find interesting. Um, and so the first thing is until very recent history, I mean like 1900s. And if I get this wrong listeners, just let us know because we don't (laughs) do much research for this. Um, and like we say, don't use this in a research report. The court of Britain didn't regularly use English. Hmm. They regularly used French or German. Uh, queen Victoria, if you're aware of Victoria, mm-hmm. the Victorian age, uh, one of the uh, most, well, I guess every English queen almost has been very famous, but um, oversaw the greatest extent of the British um, Empire was German
0: mm-hmm. in
1: her like her ancestry. She was from Germany, and so she spoke German uh, at court, um, and... The Queen Victoria, her grandkids were the monarchs all over Europe when World War I broke out. And oh. so the Kaiser of Germany, the, the King of Germany, the Tsar of Russia, the Emperor of Russia, the King of Britain, uh, the King of Greece were all cousins. <laughs> That's <So> crazy. <laughs> literally, when the war was breaking out. The czar of Russia and the czar of, or these the kaiser, of, or the czar of Russia and the kaiser of Germany were talking to each other, essentially like, "Hey, cousin, like, why, like, what, what, like, why are you doing this? Like, I hope we can like come to a cordial agreement." Like, they were all like just years earlier were like got together like family gatherings to see each other. They wow. were all related uh, because the British monarchy had kind of seated them all through Queen Victoria. So wow that this is
0: man listeners i wish you were here it's so awesome to just i was i'm just like bullshit i see a random book on the shelf and the dude's pulling out this crazy like <laughs> that's awesome i had no idea
1: great great history fact great irregularly scheduled program in there i'm glad Thank we you. could do it we'll see i mean we'll see maybe uh, maybe what i said was all bullshit anyhow but <laughs> Could well, definitely all, convince Luke. With all of our feedback on our new website. Our new website. We do.
0: It's it's well, it's not not launched yet, but it's it's uh it's being built and hopefully by the time either this episode or next episode launches, it's it's out there. And what is the domain for that website? That is a question for you because I think you bought the domain. Uh, it's unpromptedpod.com maybe. We are
1: doing a live search as we speak. You probably can't hear the keyboard. <laughs> um let's see here drumroll cs my domains at at some point in the future at unpromptedpod.com will be will be the name unpromptedpod be... and at that you
0: don't have to go to my twitter anymore no you can we will have a contact form on the website more information about jared and i mm-hmm. some of our favorite episodes and just kind of uh Nice little home for what we do. So yep. be on the lookout on promptedpod.com. If you, we respond to all feedback uh, super quickly, we love when our listeners reach out. So <laughs> we please do.
1: We I guess we don't know if we love when <laughs> our lis- listeners uh, reach ideally, out. Ideally, on, on yeah. an ideal
0: perspective, we have. Well, I will say we have. Granted, they are they're close friends and family, and yeah. we appreciate it. But. I, I'm I'm excited for the day when somebody we've never met listens to our podcast and offers some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're manifesting it. We will give you a shout out. Yes, we will. We we will. We certainly will.
1: Also, and if you're interested in submitting a question for um, us to answer, mm-hmm. let us know. Or even submitting a something for Luke to ask me about at the end of the at the irregular scheduled podcast. Hey, that could be fun.
0: That could be um, really fun. Just yeah, give me a give me a time, give me a person, give me a date.
1: I'm sure anything. Jared will think of something. I'll try my best. Anyhow, we'll uh, probably end it here. We'll uh, see you guys next time. Yeah, it's fun to do in person. We'll uh, we'll see if next one is in person or virtual or not. We'll do our best. Okay. See you guys later. Bye.